Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? Daniel will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I'm here with Mike Malatesta. Mike is a best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, creator of the Ownershift Coaching Program, podcast host, investor, and speaker. After losing his dream corporate job, Mike became an entrepreneur, founded and scaled his companies to multiple eight figures, and now, with his new venture, He helps entrepreneurs get unstuck. Go get your notepad for this one. Let's get right into it. All right, Mike, welcome to the Remote CEO Show. How are you doing today? I am doing awesome. Thanks so much for having me here today. This is great. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Mike, I ask every single one of my guests to tell us what they were doing before they became entrepreneurs and what made you become an entrepreneur. Yeah, I was uh, <clears throat> I was working for a large corporation right out of college, and uh, I was I was doing really well. I thought I was doing really well, and I was moving up, and I was moving around, and I had this sort of say yes to every opportunity mentality, and um, you know that led me to you know moving four different places in five years, and I just kept kind of moving up. I became the youngest. Uh, divisional vice president, which sounds like a fancy title, but it's sort of the lowest level of, of hireness uh, in the business. So I became the youngest um, uh, person to get that position. And then uh, actually on um, today is the day after St. Patrick's Day, but on St. Patrick's Day in 1992, I'd been in the business about five years. And as I said, I thought I, I thought maybe I'd be the CEO one day, you know, if I just kept my nose to the grindstone and worked. And instead that afternoon, uh, my boss came to my office and told me that I was fired. Wow. And I was, uh, you know, surprised and I was shamed and I was confused and I was all of those things. But um, ultimately, uh, that led to me looking for new opportunities. And I happened to make a connection with someone and we started talking about starting a business. And, you know, I hadn't thought about that in a really, really, really long time. Um, I even like when I was four years old, I had these thoughts. I think, I think that they were entrepreneurial thoughts to narrow, but I, uh, <laughs> I was, we lived across the street from a construction company and I would sit on the curb outside of my house and I would look at the trucks and the guys that, you know, when they come back with their equipment in the afternoon and I kind of loved everything about it, you know, the smoke and the noise and the dust and, and the people, I thought they were super cool. And then, um, you know, so I, I think there was a seed planted in me on that curb, uh, but Mm -hmm. it, 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 it had long gone dormant and, 
uh, after I got fired from this job and, and I met this other fella whose name uh, turned out to be Butch Weiss, uh, mm-hmm. that seed was kind of germinated. And so I got fired. And within six months, we had a business started. And and then I and then I had to learn what it was like to be an entrepreneur, <laughs> to be yes. a business owner. And um, fortunately, um, that that first company was a 22 year journey of exploration and success and failure and 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 uh, and ultimately, uh, you know, a very uh, nice um, you know, sale to a to a publicly traded company. So that's I got into mm. it very accidentally, and as a result of uh, being having my job taken away from me. That's that's amazing. There's uh, some sort of like uh, like a, a story that most of my guests, you know, I've interviewed hundreds of people by now, and I, I can tell that like every time that I ask this question, someone has some sort of like uh, a story of either getting fired or losing their dream job that then actually turns out to be one of the best <laughs> things that happened yeah. to them. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I it doesn't to talk feel about- good when it happens, but it, <laughs> yes, it but, yeah. definitely does not feel good. I, I am writing that. I, I, I just finished my, my book. Um, the, the, um, the, the book's actually about my coaching, what I teach, but Part of it at the beginning talks about my story and how I also got let go out of nowhere, out of the blue. They called me in a room. They said, you're gone. And uh, Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And, and so I feel like there's this really like thread <laughs> that follows all us entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurs that um, they're really like, we didn't really have maybe like the courage to, to quit right away. But let me ask you, like back then, did you, so you didn't want to even quit. You said that you were trying to build a career, right? So like uh, at a yeah. certain point you were sold on the idea to work for someone else. I was, I was not one of those, you know, people that were just so frustrated in what they were doing, but didn't kind of know how to get out of it. I was not frustrated by what I was doing. I loved what I was doing. And as I said, I thought this would be what I did. Yeah forever and you know like maybe one day run the company like that would be awesome yeah well wow well things turn out to be better actually i believe and i want to ask you about your 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 business and of course also your coaching program so can you share with us what you do now and how you're making an impact yeah i can um so i uh i was very fortunate first of all to after i started that first business to start another one similar, um, and, 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 and have a, uh, you know, a really good run with that. And we, we sold that business last year, uh, you know, for, for, for a really nice return. So I've, so I've had two, you know, really good entrepreneurial, uh, experience, direct entrepreneurial experience, but, but as I've done that, um, one of the things that I've committed myself to is, uh, helping other entrepreneurs um, build great companies and become what they can become, and so I've I've sort of made it a mission to help uh, a thousand entrepreneurs create companies that are worth more than twenty million dollars each, and then have each of those entrepreneurs help ten others do. The same thing. So, sort of my mission for the last yeah. couple of years, and will continue, I guess, for the rest of my life, is to uh, support entrepreneurs, whether it's through, uh, you know, investing in their companies, um, advising them in some way or another, coaching them, 
or offering any other type of support that I can in order to, um, you know, fulfill that mission. And if I come anywhere close to that, the amount of uh, value, and I'm not just talking about money here, but the amount of value um, that I think that will create in the world and for thousands or hundreds of thousands of people will be amazing. Absolutely. So I want to talk about the uh, ownership coaching uh, yeah. uh, you know, program that you have. So can you tell us more what you do and how you help entrepreneurs? Yeah. Yeah. So that <clears throat> the ownership coaching actually grew out of my book, which is called ownership as well. And it, it kind of came across accidentally uh, or kind of came uh, to be accidentally because I wrote the book and the book is about um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a philosophical memoir of sorts that reads like a novel, but it's basically about the entrepreneurial journey. And I use my stories to walk people through them, but the stories, everyone has their own stories that will resonate with them as they work their way through the book. But the For biggest sure. thing that, that I was trying to accomplish with the book was to say, um, you know, I think that entrepreneurs owe it to themselves to go big go big, mean, think big, go big, not just, again, not, it's not just about the money. It's about capability. You know, it's about always making your future bigger than your past. And yeah. I started to hear from people who read the book who were like, Hey, um, can you help me? <laughs> you know, can you help me? Cause I, I feel like you felt in the break stage of your book or in the grind stage of your book. And so, um, I hadn't thought of that doing that. And I hadn't written the book to do that, but as I started to get the feedback, I said, okay, sure. Cause I'd been helping people, you know, for free all for a long time, you know, in a, in a, in a casual way. And now I take, I take, and I work with entrepreneurs who have companies that, you know, are, 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 have had some success, um, that, that, but, but there's, there's stuck. They're in a place where what's worked for them, all along is no longer working for them. And they don't feel like the future for them is exciting. They mm -hmm. feel like it's going to be more and more of the past and they need help to one, to recognize what their power actually is two to help them see and get clear about what they really want, what they want their future to be like. And then of course, you know, help them chart a course to get to it. Um, you know, I, I feel like every entrepreneur, no matter what size your business is, you know, has to be continually shifting, you know, yes. shifting, moving, 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 because staying, staying, you know, staying set in your ways, which unfortunately many, many do end up doing is not the way for you to, you know, increase, increase capability and make the biggest impact that you can. So that's what I try to do with my coaching is help mm -hmm. entrepreneurs make the biggest impact that they can. And most importantly, have create a future, know what they want, and then work towards getting that instead of just settling for what they think will be the inevitable, whatever that is. Makes total sense. And I like the idea that you said about shifting and about moving and changing. Um, that's something that we certainly have done over the years with our business. Like I said, we started this podcast as a uh, really, it was more of a self-care item on my checklist because I needed to talk about my <laughs> my problems about being about being a, a business owner, and then it turned into uh, some sort of like a motivational and inspirational podcast, and then it turned into what it is right now, which is 
you know, helping entrepreneurs build remote businesses. Yet right. it's been always, you know, like the, 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 the core point here, it's always been the same, which is helping other entrepreneurs throughout, you know, the journey of being an entrepreneur. Um, I wanted yeah. to ask you now some uh, hands-on, you know, questions, maybe like uh, about being an entrepreneur and having, in this case, like uh, having a remote team, building a business uh, and, and showing up every day as a manager, because a lot of our listeners have that problem, which is they know that they can do their job best. But then when it comes to running everything from admin to marketing and, and, and everything else, they feel like they can't let go. Um, and so I want you to tell us, you know, how can you make that shift <laughs> from thinking as a solopreneur, thinking as a professional to actually putting on your CEO hat, running a business, letting go of the details and making sure that you build a company? Yeah, sure. So um, for first, I will say that that is not a, uniquely a remote issue. That's an issue for every entrepreneur, right? Or mm -hmm. the vast majority, whether you're remote or, or not. And I think, it, I mean, ultimately it comes down to, um, you know, be getting clear about what you want, just like what we were saying before, you know, when a lot of people get into, they become entrepreneurs or solopreneurs because they're, you know, they've got this idea, they're looking for a change. They think they can do it better, but then, um, they get really small with their thinking. And then what I mean by that is they think that everything's up to them. And that's how you pigeon yourself into a job. And being an entrepreneur is not about having a job. It's about creating freedom for yourself. So I think the first thing is, you, you know, it, it won't magically happen. You need to make it happen like you do with everything in your life. And that starts with understanding what you actually want when you and when you understand what you actually want you can begin to build the team you need uh, or the resources you need or whatever start working towards that that get you um you know that, that start creating freedom for you freedom for you to do only the things that uh, move the needle the most in your business only the things that you want to be doing meaning that they they, they they move the needle. They give you a lot of energy. You could do it, those things all the time and get, you know, and figure out how you need to get people to do all the other things that are required in a business. Um, and that's, it, it's, it's easy to do. It's just hard to, it's hard to do if you don't commit yourself to, to do it. It's hard to do if you won't plan for what you actually want. Um, so I think, and then it's about trusting people, right? I mean, once you make the decision, uh, no one's going to do things the way that you uh, would do them right away. They, and hope is that they do things better than the way that you did, you know, but you have to trust people and you have to give them some freedom to do it. Now it's so much easier than when I started because, you know, everybody that, which was not a remote business, but everybody that I I worked with had to be local to me. Now that's obviously not the case any longer. You can work with people anywhere, but mm -hmm. still as an entrepreneur, you still have the same fundamental issue that you need to conquer, which is what do I actually want? And then what do I have to do to get it? hundred percent. And so let me tap into uh, your experience, right? So first off your book ownership, 
uh, it says, how getting selfish got me unstuck. So can you tell right. us what you mean by selfish and what steps you had to take in order to get yourself unstuck? Yeah, sure. So uh, <clears throat> selfish is a horrible word. People don't like it. People are taught from a very young age that being selfish is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I think that that's because uh, we're, we sort of conf confused the, the, the meaning of selfish with, uh, you know, being conceited or being egotistical or being some of the other things that people generally don't like about other people. But for me, and I think for a lot of people, what I found was that the reason that I got stuck, the reason that I, I call it the valley of uncertainty, which is the place I ended up after I broke. Um, and that's a place where entrepreneurs go to feel sorry for themselves. They go looking for someone to blame. They go, they go there hoping that someone will, you know, reach their hand down into that valley and pick them up and dust them off and tell them everything is going to be okay and show them and tell them what to do, which of course never happens. Mm -hmm. What, what, what got me there ultimately was selflessness. And what I mean by that is I put everyone else. I put everyone else's needs in front of mine. I treated my business, which uh, as a startup for 10 years, even though it was way, way past a startup, you know, $10 mm -hmm. million dollars and 50 people. And, uh, but I felt like, well, you know, this business needs me for everything. Like it's a baby, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, so I gave everything I could to that. And I gave nothing to me and I gave nothing to me actually doing my job as an entrepreneur, which is to, create a bigger future for the company and for everyone in it. And so the, the, the selfish, why, why I use how, how getting selfish got me unstuck is because that's what I actually had to do, Dinero. I had to start thinking about what I wanted and I had to start think, getting clear about what that looked like. And then I had to start figuring out how am I going to actually get there? And it was, what was interesting about it was that once I did that, and that didn't, that was not a light switch that took years for me to figure out. But once I got that figured out, you know, the, the, what was so great about it wasn't just that, you know, we had this direction and I had this energy and all of that, but what, what was great about it is that I knew the team and the structure, not exactly, but I knew the team and the structure that I think I needed and I wanted to have. And that, you know, once I started getting that in place, it gave me the opportunity to be selfless. Again, I could be selfless with my team because they were being self selfish for me, you know? Yeah. And I was, and I, I just, uh, it, it just changed everything for me. And so I use the word to get people's attention, um, mm -hmm. because it's, I think it's what you actually need, but you know, the business world teaches you to be selfless. They teach you to be servant. They teach you to be all of these things, which I think are great. But I, for me, I couldn't be any of those things well until I first got selfish. Makes total sense. And so I want to dig a bit deeper into the tasks that uh, a business owner should generally, of course, now, Mike, I know that different business models require the owner to do different things. Now, yeah. That aside, if we were to generalize though, like a business owner, what are those one or two things, or maybe even three things that business owners should always try to retain control over while, you know, outsourcing everything else and managing the rest? Well, uh, so uh, culture, I think, um, vision, I think, and finances. Um, and, and what I mean, I don't mean that you need to run the finances, but you need to be aware. You can't run a good business if you don't know 
the finances of the business. Yeah, your numbers. Yeah, you got to know your numbers, it's right? Very, it's just very difficult. And you can outsource the production of those, but you can't outsource the understanding of those. Because once you outsource the understanding of those, you basically have, you know, set yourself up for what I think could be, you know, problems, right? So what is mm -hmm. it? The sort of a trust, but verify, you need to have trust, but verify systems in your business so that mm -hmm. you trust people, you give them autonomy, you expect them to do things, but you don't abdicate completely your responsibility to make sure that everything is going in the right direction. Because ultimately, as an entrepreneur, you're, you have a responsibility for everything. That's just the way it is. Um, mm -hmm. so, so finances makes total sense. Of course, you can have a CFO or someone, you know, an accountant, yeah. someone that can take care of the numbers, but they need to have conversations with you at least maybe once or twice a month to kind of uh, tell you exactly what's going on and you get a keep the, you know, like, uh, you got to keep the pulse basically like to, to make sure that things are not getting out of hand. So that's finances. Yeah. Uh, then you said the vision. Can we, can we talk about that? Uh, I know you have a super strong vision, um, with what you're doing right now, but my question is more so when we were running your first and second business, uh, can you tell us an example of like how you kept, you know, control over the vision and how you were able to go from zero to, you said about 50 employees and $10 million, right? Yeah, that was, yeah. At the break point, um, we, we did manage to get further than that, thankfully, uh, nice. after, but, but, um, so the vision, uh, okay. Um, this is my belief. My belief is that everybody on your team or everybody that will you know, you would want to be on your team has to have an understanding of two things. They have to understand where the business is going and they have to understand why it's good for them. And so when I talk about vision, um, and believe me, I, I, I have gotten much better at this as I've gone along, because when you, when I first started, when I first started, started my first business, I, you know, it was just about making a living. It was just about doing good work. We didn't really have a vision, but as mm -hmm. I've, but as I've progressed along, um, it's become really, really clear to me that I have to know, we have to know as a team, what, what's important about the work we're doing? Why are we doing it? What problems are we solving? How are we solving them better than anyone else? And as I said, why is it good for me as a, an employee or a team member? Why is it good for me personally? to come into this organization. And I think, you, so I think you have to hit on both of those things mm -hmm. and then evolve it as the business evolves. You know, a vision isn't something that just stays static. It, yeah. As your capabilities grow, as your business grows, as your talent grows, you know, your vision becomes bigger, but the communication of the vision is still super mm -hmm. important. It also helps you figure out quickly uh, whether someone buys into that vision or they don't, they don't. or they mm -hmm. have begun not to after a while. Um, yeah. cause you don't want people who are there just because they're being paid. You want people who are there because they believe that the future of the business is important to them and that it's good for them. Absolutely. And that actually takes me to the third point that you made, which was uh, culture, which most times is very tied. Uh, with a vision. So yeah. can you tell us um, how you built culture 
And of course, we do know that culture is important, but building culture and maintaining culture, even when you're not around, these are the two things that I feel like a lot of our listeners at home building a team, they need to really like learn how to do. Yeah. Well, it's another one of those things that I, that, you know, you, you, you can, you, you can't completely outsource. Um, the, so for me, the way to, the way to, 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 to build a good culture is to be real with everybody. First and foremost, be approachable, be mm-hmm. real, be talking about the vision, be talking about why, where the company is going, be talking about why it's good for that person. Um, keep engaging people in the progress of the business, like give them facts, give them information, give them actionable stuff that they can work with. Don't leave people in the dark. Don't let them make their own assumptions about what's happening. Um, get out in front of people. Uh, and as, as often or as frequently as the situation requires, you know, businesses, um, like we were talking about shifting before, I mean, businesses aren't static things, you know, they go up and down, things happen. Um, get out in front of things whenever it's necessary for you to do so and talk to people. And mm-hmm. now, again, now it's just so much easier than it was in the past when you had multiple locations or something. Now you can engage at any time, but it's also easy to ignore. And I think that's the thing that gets most people. It's not that they don't understand culture. It's that they don't talk about it enough. They mm-hmm. assume that they got it. You know, the entrepreneurs got it. You know, I know what the culture is here. I know what the vision is. So everybody must have it because I'm tired of talking about it. Well, <laughs> As soon as you're tired of talking about it, the people are probably just starting to listen. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love how you're saying it, which is absolutely true. Um, I believe that, like, again, if, if, if the owner of the business doesn't have uh, a clear idea of what the culture and the vision are, there's really no reason why someone that just works there, you know, can hold up the flag for, for right. much longer. Um, makes total sense. So, uh, Mike, is there anything exciting that you're working towards or you're launching or anything that you want to share with our audience? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I've I've got three things. One is the book that we mentioned, uh, ownership, how getting selfish got me unstuck. That book came out on November 30th of 2021. And it's, it's done very, very well. Um, I've gotten just tremendous feedback from it. And uh, I would encourage any entrepreneur uh, to read it because you will see yourself in the book more than likely. And uh, you will also um, see, I think, through my experiences where, um, where you might be getting stuck and where you and how you might be able to break through that and create the future you want, the future that, uh, that as I say in the book, you want to make your property. Um, Mm -hmm. Second thing is my coaching business. If you're an entrepreneur who's um, stuck and needs some real help from a person who knows what, you know, has been in your shoes is still in your shoes and knows um, how to get businesses from one stage to a next stage, a next level and leaders the same way. um, I'd love to talk to you and, and see if I can, can help you. And, and third is my podcast. I, my, my podcast is called How'd It Happen? And uh, I uh, have 
wonderful conversations with very successful people on that podcast. And, you know, I, my, my, my goal is to dig really deep into their story of success to find out not only how it happened, but why it matters, why it matters. And my goal, you know, for my listeners, I want to inspire and activate and maximize the greatness in every one of them through these stories that I'm sharing. And you can find out about all three of those things at my website, which is my name, Mike Malatesta, M-A-L-A-T-E-S-T-A.com. You can buy the book on Amazon uh, as well. Uh, and that's how you do it. Perfect. Absolutely exciting stuff. Uh, Mike, I loved speaking with you right now. I am looking forward to having you back in the future on the show. I'm sure that my listeners will want to know more about you and what you do. And for the time being, enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks. You too. Thanks for having me on. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at B. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B. And I will send you the direct link to the review section. And to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again. And I will talk to you again soon.